So I will say, welcome to the Clerical Heirs podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen, and he'll say Vicar, and then you'll say... Elder. <laughs> Elder three. <What> <laughs> Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bull Higgin. I'm Vicar. Elder Mike. <laughs> Elder Jason. Welcome to the show. Yes, we have a couple of guests. And we are excited. Yeah, don't be happier. <laughs> yeah, so so truth be told, the uh, the show prep for today is has been an awfully busy week for everybody, for Vicar, me, and my show prep was uh, having an elders meeting and say, hey, you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> and what was your response, Mike? Uh, them two will. <laughs> <laughs> We were lured with the tastings side of it. That's right. So what do yeah. you have? What do you have? Uh, Vicar brought some uh, uh, Michelob Amberbach. Yep, a dark lager. I bribed those elders to stay. Hey, Vicar, can you run give me only gets Arnold one. Palmer? That's sure. one of the things, part of the podcast, is Vicar gets me a, a beverage when I need one. <laughs> Good to have around, ain't he? Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of a diva, aren't you? Well, depends upon who you ask. All right. So now, Jason, you you listened to the podcast some in the past. You're yes, not caught up. Yet. I'm a little behind. I, I'll admit. Right, but uh, a lot a lot behind actually. But I'll I'll catch up. You, you need some time. I'm not sure the... if I'll listen to this one or not. But are you going to tell anyone that you're on this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling everybody. I've got I've Jason's got a face for it. radio, so it's, it should be good. <laughs> well, I guess my opinion was, uh, you know, part of the show is people wonder what pastors think about. Right, that's why it's what's behind the collar, right? Yeah. And uh, and I thought, well, we got a couple of elders here too; they can have an interesting perspective. I've got a uh, Arnold Palmer, by the way. Light. What do you, you all know? What you enjoying your Amberbach? Amberbach, yes, I am. It's delicious. Thank you. Thank you, Vicar. No uh, problem. That, does that go on our uh, clerical heirs expense sheet? It'll be on my next expense report. Actually, I, it's a good idea to have elders here with drinking beer. That way, if it ever gets back to you, pastor drinks beer in the studio. No, that was me. <laughs> We're not here to judge. <laughs> Besides, I'm the one having iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not leave any caps behind. <laughs> so uh, one of the things we do is we uh, talk about, well, what are we preaching on this upcoming Sunday? And... Uh, and since I have you two here, I, I would be interested in hearing some of your thoughts on preaching. Mike. <laughs> I don't do Elder well Mike. in front of people. I don't know why you would ask me. Uh, what, what, makes, what, what, are, what kinds of things make it a good sermon for you? Um, usually I can come out of there feeling like you were speaking directly to me. And then I know something, something hit me. Okay. You know, so that, and that happens quite a bit with you. <laughs> Actually, you too. I felt like you're talking right to me, so. Specifically, like, the concerns that you have and maybe uh, what you're thinking of and how they're, they're addressed? Yeah, the, the subject always seems to be current. Uh, you know, uh, what, whatever you're talking about, I can put it to something in my life. Okay. Yeah, and I would say, too, that's part of being a good listener of sermon, <laughs> right? Okay. You're, you're a good listener to a sermon. All right, I'll take that. Yeah? Um, how about you, Jason? Elder Jason? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot, I'm not a good listener. Oh. <clears throat> no, I think that... Uh, I, I agree with Mike, uh, but if you can link real world events back to the word somehow that's where i get the most out of yeah that's those are the sermons i get the most out of okay yeah it feels correct and there's been i mean there's been obviously we live in a world where there's plenty of negative things going on and and uh but if we can talk you know get to link that to 
bring that home. Right. To, to you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and so for example, if I grabbed a sermon that was five years old and preached it to you, do you think you would notice? I don't think I would. Probably not. Okay. Maybe so, you do. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I don't. Well, I mean, because of yearly, though, the same subjects are coming up, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. So right. I'm not going to be critical enough to know, oh, man, he's doing that one again. Mm-hmm. The, reason, the reason why I bring that up is because it's interesting how you talk about the sermon being current, yet at the same time... Like there's a timelessness about them, where, where if it's it might be current, but at the same time the truth is still there that you can apply regardless. Well, of and there's been right. turmoil in the world forever, and right. it's easy to get think that this particular event is worse than anything that's happened before. But there's been so much. This stuff's been going on. I mean, the negativity and the violence and the just the. All the bad thing, a lot of the bad things you see in the world mm-hmm. aren't new. Nope. Right. So yeah, they are. And and timeless. and uh, and you you know you know how I handle those situations too. Is what do I do if I if if, if for example if there's a time where everyone's kind of noticing like race riots going on or mm-hmm. something going on in Ukraine and that kind of thing, you notice one thing that I do, and you're probably on to me is uh, I don't let you get comfortable thinking about all those bad people out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I use right. it as an opportunity to to say, well, this is actually the same kind of hatred or anger or rage that goes inside our own hearts right? as exactly. well. Well, so, like, what, last week, God loves them too, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. So, so Vicar... Uh, any other comments on preaching? Just cause I, I find this fascinating. By the way, we do have a l- number of pastors who listen who actually they 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 really want to know what pe- what members think and in just a not in a way that's they're pointing their finger. Well, what do the, what do the listeners actually really find helpful in the sermon? So my attention span is about twelve minutes. That's the only thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know I know people too that say a good sermon is a short one. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, Mike, that if, if if a vicar's sermon is a little too long, you'll let them know? I will. I have. Yes. Yep. With body language or? Nope. No, oh. literally. I, tell him, I shake literally? his hand and I say, that was a little long. <laughs> I felt people around me shuffling and putting papers oh. away. Okay. And, you know, you can tell. I mean, I can tell out you in the crowd. Watch your grandkids, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure you guys can t- I mean, you can see body language. You have the best oh, view yeah. in the house to see body right. language. Right. So. <laughs> That's There's all. no secrets. It wasn't a bad one. It was a good one, but... I find it harder to write a short sermon. I spend more time cutting than actually writing the sermon. Too much to talk about. Yep. There's it not can't a all lack, make it in. There's not a lack of things to talk about. No, there's not. And, and I also teach a vicar an economy of words, where meaning that in your sermon... What you have in there should be pertinent to what you're trying to say. It's really get gets easy to get lost in all the details. Right. But uh, you know, I joke that I have a short attention span, and I kind of preach like I do. <laughs> you know, if if this would this keep my attention or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Type of a thing. So, Mike, have you ever thought my sermons were too long? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, uh, a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I have. Okay, I, li- I like the honesty. I love that. So. Once people start shuffling around you, that's all you can hear. And so you're not doing much good. So, uh, Vicar. Did you expect this criticism when you invited us on? I'm just no. curious. <laughs> <laughs> this is unplugged right now, man. This is, yeah. <laughs> Elders unplugged. <laughs> There's your title. Remember, remember you invited us. So just remember. Right, that. right. Well, we got we got three more Amber Box here that I can't wait. By the end of the podcast, I am going to get some real golden truth. I actually tell Vicar this. Uh, I tell Vicar that uh, people will have some feedback. And um, it's always good to look for the nugget of truth in it. Like if someone feels a certain way and they, they express that, um, even if it's not exactly right, they're still telling you something about how they're either they're understanding it and perceiving it. So if they think, well, you said this in your sermon, you didn't say it, something like that, well, then you weren't clear enough that they misunderstood it. Right. But uh, 
you know, I try and, and create, and maybe you've seen this in elders, where uh, an atmosphere where people can feel like they can be honest with me in a helpful way. I don't want to avoid destructive talk. Well, if we absolutely. can't be honest in church, I don't know. <laughs> well, absolutely, and I go back to our our elders. We just got done with an elders meeting. Mm-hmm. It was one of our longest ones we've had, just because we were we were just talking about nothing really devastating going on, but just general issues here and there, and and things that we need to have on our radar. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's it's uh, we've had to add new elders over the course of the last couple of years. People mm-hmm. have, have gotten off and we get new members on. People ask me, as I've had this comment before of when you ask somebody to be an elder, well, how hard is it? And I, I can look them in the eye and say, honestly, it's one of the best committees you can be on because of the group we, the group of guys that we have is phenomenal. We've mm-hmm. got five guys and a, and a, pastor and vicar who just we just talk about things we get it out in the open and we make sure everybody's on the same page communicate Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of drama and i i just any you know we've we've talked about this before our uh situation we can we can diffuse situations pretty quickly that we think are a big deal and you start thinking about it well you know we can we can take that take that down a notch pretty simply so so uh, what kind of Go ahead. Oh, that's just, that's just easy to do when you're telling the truth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so what kind of things from a because I said we do sometimes have pastors listen in too. What are some things that pastors can do to 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 make that a joy for you to do your work? Well, and we we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. One of your strongest abilities as a pastor is to take a situation from a 10 down to a 2 or 3 just take the you you take the emotion out of it you take you have it you have a very strong ability to take drama out of a situation yep. and let's deal with facts what's really going on you're good mm-hmm. i guess i guess that's how i want to say that sure he's a good leader yeah you're a good leader and and you're never going to make I, I don't envy your position because you are never going to make everybody happy and there's always going to be issues but if you can diffuse the drama and start dealing with facts versus emotion, mm-hmm. it makes the it, I think that's one of that's why the five of us and we have we gel really well and and and, 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 and have a, a kind of an open line of communication right. so right. that you know I feel like I can be honest with you and you don't have to necessarily right. sugarcoat things be honest with me right. and and to <clears> me, you know if there are those situations where there is a struggle, right mm-hmm. To really not take it personal, mm-hmm. but to to see, well, maybe there is some helpful information for me to know. Right. And I think it also helps. We've had, we've, you, you know as well as I do, we've talked several times just by phone of, you know, a situation will come up. Somebody will have a, a if it's a complaint or a, a concern, I shouldn't use the word complaint, but concern, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I, I, but that, I actually but, that's a good a complaint. That's a it's good a distinction. Complaint. It's a complaint, but I I'll, I'll talk to that person, and I think the rest of the elders do too. But we don't keep that from you. Hmm. Well, you're because, the boss. <laughs> because at the next at the next meeting, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that kind of thing, and and it's going to get it's going to get brought out. Sure. Because mm-hmm. there's always two sides to it. Right. And that's just an unhealthy environment when it turns into a. A he said, she said kind of thing, and talking about we got to get stuff out in the open, and I think that's one of the one of the strongest things we have going for us right now. Yeah, and, and to take to also to as an elder, um, like you said, weighing what's the importance of whatever is going on or not, complaint or concern. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But because if, if someone is is in a, a bad place about it, you know, I want to help them. It's not like I don't. A lot of times when, when something comes up in the church, it's really easy to think of people as adversaries, mm-hmm. whether sometimes a pastor could do that and sometimes the people can do that. When, you know, <laughs> no one in the church is your enemy or, you know, we all want oh. the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, and to find that common ground, which is God's word, 
right? Right. That's the other thing I think that makes things helpful for you elders is the fact that, you know, if the standard on judging these things is the Bible, and we always refer to the Bible, then then it, it diffuses it in this way. You know, are you arguing with the pastor or the elders or the... If there's a biblical concern, we need to know, and we need to talk about it. And mm-hmm. if, if the, the rule and norm in all of these things is the Bible um, and the catechism, right, which is a, a, an explanation of the Bible, um, then it becomes of, well, what does, for me, it's always, if I ever show something from Scripture and, and okay, I understand it, that, that is vital for me to know that, you know, we're not just doing because of this or that, but for the sake of, of the Word of God. So, um, right, right. Yeah, we can't, it can't be a situation where we give, uh, say, the satisfaction of, well, I got gotcha. you. You know, we got to be on the same page. Oh, and no. Yeah. When, we don't want, it's not healthy to be that way. Right. We've, we've got to, if, there, if there's an issue, we're going to talk about it as a group, and you included. Mm-hmm. You're not, I mean, there's certain things that we need to, leave you out of but not many right hey pete peter joined us hey Look sorry at- i'm late guys that's all right that's all right beer's almost gone <laughs> what do you have pete <laughs> what do i have i have water no i'm sorry good man <laughs> so do you see do you recognize any of these voices we have uh elder mike elder mike and elder jason mike is the elder <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure by the way, I, one thing, I, I wanted Mike on here because he has a great, I thought he'd have a great podcast voice. He does. What do you think now? Oh, you still do. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we're, you know, we're going to get to the text, but I'm just enjoying this discussion a little bit. It's fun uh, to, for me. It's it's, we're talking about you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. My wife, I remember one time my daughter says, uh. She said, Dad, I think you're kind of a narcissist. And I, I said, but how does my hair look? <laughs> uh, getting grayer. Um, uh, no, but it's, it's interesting, I think, to have these kind of discussions about what, what kind of things can help for uh, a healthy working relationship between the church and the pastor and the elder's role. What do you have to add, well, Vicar? You've, you've been both, right? Yeah, who's both an sides. elder? Have you, you've been yeah. an elder before, right? I have been, yep. Probably five years or so, and now you see things from a little bit of a different angle. Yep. What 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 are some of your thoughts on this? Well, I, I agree with not letting anything fester and getting to the getting to the facts on on the situation. And the biggest problem, I would say, that the elders and the pastor have to counter sometimes is emotion, because people act first out of emotion, and then later they rationalize why did this even bother me but it's getting to the root of that and, and i if, think the transparency and if people is, have a, a certain emotion or feeling about it yeah it's you know you can't argue with their emotion but it, it's it's truly a wonderful thing when the elders and the pastor have a good working relationship and and the elders can say with confidence well our pastor is consistent and he's standing on the word of god and the pastor can say the same thing about the elders. Well, they, they're they transparent, they're communicative, and and they solve help me solve the problems. We have an open door. We listen to all the concerns. Um, but at the same time, we don't just uh, allow things to... You're not a lightning rod. Right. 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 <clears throat> right. No, but I, I wouldn't go greet everybody Sunday morning if I didn't think there was... You know, maybe somebody that wanted to tell me something. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put myself out there for that. And, and you were you used an interesting word, uh, consistency. What what role does consistency play, like in what I, a pastor does? It's it's everything it's, it's, because you can't you can't. There's always one off situations in in anything, especially mm-hmm. a church, and it all comes down to you can't do something one way for one person and then another way for another person because that just that's just going to complicate things no. down the road. Right. And do I, I I mean I'll be the first to admit there are certain things that have been that that we do in this church that I maybe don't understand or I question or 
I mean, I'll go as far as maybe not totally agree with, but I know deep down they're going to be the same for everybody and there's a reason for it. And it's because it's, it's the right thing to do. And it's what it's, it's, I, I trust your decision. Sure. That it's going to be that way for, for everybody. Right. Yeah. Is that, you have yeah. to have consistency in every, everything. Yeah. So do you know, you know what's, what, 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 otherwise you don't have any trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the interesting thing about consistency is, is this, uh, the pastor wants to be consistent but also a pastor does grow in his understanding. I mean, we, you know, like if you have a doctor, you want your doctor to be consistent, but if some new information comes out and he has to redirect, you want him to be able to do that too. Mm-hmm. Sure. And to me, that's yeah. where you, you also fought. That's been on top of the of the game. Right? I mean. Right. right. And that's where sometimes like a circuit comes to play or being a part of a church body where let's say I, I've done something a certain way for the last 20 years. And then I say, well, maybe this will be better. Uh, we, we can learn and, and I can grow. And there might be a little hiccup, but then from that point on, there's consistency too. Mm-hmm. Um, an example I think would be is when we went to uh, every Sunday communion, yep. right? That was, you know, I, we didn't say that going every other Sunday was wrong, but uh, the pandemic really opened the door, kind of showed us that that's what the congregation wanted. By the numbers, and we would—I mean, yeah. how many how many times did we look at the numbers of when the Sundays that you? And I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit when it, for, when you first brought it up, I wasn't all that much in favor of it. But when you look at the the attendance, communion Sundays versus non-communion Sundays, that that told the whole story. We right. had we had higher attendance during communion Sundays because we we went for the, from one service to two, and we went alternated yeah, exactly. times. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, whether it was at eight o'clock or ten thirty, they they each Sunday they would alternate communion, and regardless whether it's eight o'clock or ten thirty, it was pretty average that the the communion service had at least double the yeah. other service. Right. Exactly, and I and I that shocked me, but it comes down to like you said, the data. The, the, well, yeah, you can't. <laughs> if the congregation wants the it, that's we know what and, there's we are. A, and there's going to be a, there's going to be mm-hmm. some people that don't. But that's, that's and just, to the pastor that that kind of shows uh, how, the importance of it, how consistency in the teaching, right? You know, right. I as mean, often as I mean, is there a sermon where you don't hear something of the Lord's Supper? <laughs> Not that I know of. In fact, it almost gets to the point sometimes. All right, this is where the vicar's going to bring up the Lord's Supper or baptism. <laughs> I'm not that good yet. Okay. Is that after the 12 minute mark? Because I've lost. Yeah, right. I've He's checked out. out at that point. <laughs> you're you're r- rustling your paper. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell the next vicar bring up baptism in the first half of the sermon. Perfect, too. perfect. And I'm all in. <laughs> and that everybody loves matins. Yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you, do you want to get to the text, or, or I think? We're, we're, yeah, let's do that. Um, I'll re- because this so, is actually a good, uh, good text for a healthy church. So we're gonna start now. <laughs> oh, so everything up to this point was practice. <laughs> no, we're gonna reset. No, that this is all except for the part where you said Peter take this out. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And usually it's one of us. I can't or wait the to other. hear about it. And I'm not even done with my first beer. I gotta, I gotta uh, catch that up. That one's yours. That one's mine. All right, I'll finish this. Usually one of us or the other is preaching, but this week we both are preaching the same text in different places. So we can both kind of talk about our angle, I guess. Yeah. Well, but, you're uh, a lot further yeah, different angles. Than I. <laughs> That's on the list for tomorrow. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I told you, you, you can just use mine. <laughs> yeah. What, t- what time do you preach? What time do you preach? Can you? Well, I, I preach a couple of different times. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, the text is from Matthew 5, uh, the gospel reading for this Sunday, the sixth Sunday after Trinity. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these, of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, 
you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be uh, liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. All right. So, so uh, Vickers already got his sermon. By the way, did you, did you work on it more after we talked? I did a little bit at the front end. Okay. Cutting, cut right? Uh, well, kind of. Yeah. Now, if he, if he gives you a little bit of what he's preaching on, are you going to fall asleep, Mike? I never do. Well, he said he worked on the front end, so that's good. I never yeah. do. So, so, uh, so for some context, Jesus is preaching the sermon on the mount, and this is um, a little ways into that. And what he's doing is he's he's bringing up the law from the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, but he's he's speaking now not just like Moses giving the law, but he's he's magnifying the law or opening up the scriptures to the greater meaning that the law does not just mean for outward actions. It's for the heart. So even hatred is as bad as murder. Um, but it's, it's actually quite ironic. That's the exact sin that the Pharisees and the scribes were dealing with too. They already hated Jesus. They were already pl- plotting his murder, most likely. And, and they did end up killing him. So their, their uh, sin bore wicked fruit in the long run. And, and so this is, we talked a little about this earlier. So when any, he, he brings up the commandments, particularly he talks about here, murder and, and others, you know, about, uh, he also, Jesus says, talk about adultery, looking at someone in a way is, is, is sinful. And so what Jesus does here is in, is that he doesn't let, let anybody off the hook when it comes to that. He brings up things I mean, who hasn't been upset with someone? Right. You know? At, at the same time, what Jesus does is really fascinating, is, one, he says, the law still applies. I'm not erasing the law. And he's, while he shows, you cannot keep it. So, so he says, like, who, who's ever, has you, have you ever any said of someone, you fool? Well, yeah. Well, then, I've broken the law. Right. Right? And, and at the same time, he says, but I, am, I have not uh, erased the law. Everything must be fulfilled. So what is Jesus saying then? Well, if we've done those things which, and we're all guilty, the only way we could ever be saved is by his grace. So he is teaching the Pharisees, you know, those who either— th- and I think this is, this is a very current text because don't you think everyone feels as though they're righteous in some way? You know— even, even you know, from a, a cultural point of view, uh, everyone thinks they know what's what righteousness is. Everyone thinks they. And this is one thing that Vickers taught. How, how did we exactly did we say you should? Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing up the the two views of righteousness based on the world view and the biblical view. Um, like Pastor said, Bullhagen said, um, you know, there's some obvious forms of righteousness today that go beyond the law. It's not just the written law anymore. Now the culture will tell you, you need to be tolerant. You need to um, work towards equity, right? You need to uh, have freedom of choice, all these things. Or your hatred and your violence is okay if it's justified against those who disagree with the culture because they're dangerous, right? So that would be a worldview of righteousness, but the biblical view of righteousness is that it, it's in Christ. He came to fulfill all things. And through your baptism, 
right? As a vicar, I have to bring up baptism. <laughs> but it is a baptismal uh, epistle reading, too. Through your baptism, you are identified in Christ's righteousness. You even wear it. It's physically placed on you. And you are not to conform to the world, but to remember who you are in Christ and walk by his ways, which means keeping the commandments still, but also all things Jesus also taught. Loving your neighbor, um, even sins of the heart. You need your heart changed by God's word, not God's word changed to meet your heart's desire. I'm a big one for that. That's why I appreciate our religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they don't say it in the Bible, forget it. One, one direction that I have, because the Old Testament reading is, is uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, and, uh, and, and Jesus here kind of equates the, the commandments with love, what's in the heart. And, and ultimately what the commandments do is teaches you what love actually looks like in our daily lives. So let me tell you how this works. Okay, uh, there is kind of a, a large debate going on in our country right now. What, what would you think that would be? <laughs> How much time you got? <laughs> we need a wall. Uh, I was. I, was with, I think I know where you're going. I'm going with yeah, a, a, so. abortion. Roe versus Wade. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey. Right. And we're not there, dumb. Both sides appeal to what? What is the loving thing to do? All right. Right. So how do you show love? What is the best way to show love? Okay, Because they, some will say it's not loving to force someone to have a baby they don't want or something like that. Well, if the Ten Commandments are summed up by two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That informs us what does love actually look like. So... When it comes to the abortion debate, you say, well, what is what is a loving thing to do? Well, the first place, then you look in the Ten Commandments, since they teach us how to love, there are certain things that show us how love plays a role in this. So, you shall not murder plays yeah. a role in this, right? That That is an aspect of love. Well, people say, well, I don't know what's, what's love in this situation or that situation. Well, here's something pretty clear. This is one way you show love. Um, another way. You shall not commit adultery. What's the way you show love? Well, through through your wife, loving your wife, husbands, loving your wives, wives, loving their husbands. That plays a role in this as well, right? So because, you know, so there's certain, I don't know if this is new to you, Mike, but there's certain ways <laughs> <Yeah>. that... <laughs> Where's he going with this? I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does someone get pregnant? Oh, that's new to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you look at, because people will say, what is a, one of the biggest accusations made against a church is really accusations that you guys are more concerned about your law than you're concerned about love. You're concerned about, about, uh, uh, who's doing what, what's right and wrong. Then you're actually care about love and and i would say and and that's something might be appealing to people but when you really look at it the ten commandments actually teaches you what that love actually is supposed to look like and as vicar mentions it's not just your outward actions it's also in your heart so so uh um yes it's a loving thing not to kill your your neighbor but it's also uh, a loving thing to not harbor anger. It's a loving thing to go and be reconciled with them. And uh, that is what kind of informs us how to love. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I've got an interesting situation. I'm preaching somewhere else, so you guys won't hear the sermon, but that's kind of where I'm going with that. So, um, Peter, you have any questions? Yeah, how long have you guys been going? Because I, I joined in the middle, and you started recording. At, it looks like over an hour to begin with. <laughs> yeah, we've been at it. <laughs> oh, it hasn't been over. Because our meeting didn't get done till like 9.30, right? 9.30. 8.30. We've been here, I don't know, 45 minutes. I got here at 7. <laughs> <laughs> this morning? No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, don't tell them, don't tell us we got to do a take two. <laughs> yeah, yeah unfortunately, none of your Try. microphones are recording, so we'll have to start over. <laughs> Vicar, you have to go out and make another beer run. <laughs> yeah. Whatever I got to do. It's a noble journey to accept. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so we talked a little about preaching. We tra- talked a little bit about your, your work as elders. Uh, I would like to be, I think, be, because this is, Vic, Vicar is nearing his end with us. Talk about how how you've seen the church here kind of take ownership of the vicarage program. Or or how you've seen it as a benefit to the congregation. I think just an outreach for, I mean, your number, help me out, your number what? 18. Number 18. So we've got uh, now 17 pastors mm-hmm. right. out there that have a tie to Hampton, Iowa, and Trinity Lutheran Church. Well, right, Trinity and you. And, mm-hmm. and, and you. So it's like, the, it's like the coaching tree, you know, you hear yep. about from the, from the, the, football, <laughs> right. the professional yeah, right. football Aiden coaches, Fry. their coaching tree. Right. It's getting to the point where that's pretty impressive. The, and that's, I, I think that's the... That's well, the, that's what I, t- that's my take home of the whole thing. That, is, that it's uh, it's you know when you talk about mission work, exactly. How, how can a church, a congregation, be a blessing to the church at large? Is there a better mission out there than having seventeen pastors that came through this building? Having trained seventeen. Having trained exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because it's interesting because you know you mentioned uh, letting Vicar know when the sermon was kind of long or something like that. We have people at the at the church who really take this part very seriously where where um where people view this is our job, you know you know like like whether it's a sermon or you know we have right. someone who's kind of the law and gospel uh police that lets Vicar <laughs> know if it was too little law heavy or gospel heavy well and and ironically, he's switched the first half of my vicarage he was saying, I got to hear more gospel, got to hear more gospel. And now Is that like he, cowbell? Give me more cowbell. Yeah, more <laughs> gotta cowbell. have more cowbell. And now it's, <laughs> got to hear some more law, you know? And I know there's a balance, and I'm working on it, but I think he's recalibrated his hearing a little bit for <laughs> for his heart. <laughs> so... So, but the the whole idea that uh, and that the Trinity is see this see, has seen this as a mission for the church, and that's what it has yeah, become. I, believe, I mean, I it's, think it's I, without a doubt, it's a mission. Without having pride, I think people are proud of our <clears throat> program. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they are. They, we know it does good. That could be. We every. I mean, if you've come in and been an asset to the community, to the church, your whole family. So, you know, we we appreciate that too. So. How, how has you. it? I think this is an interesting situ- discussion too, because one thing I also seen from the members having been in the vicarage program so long is you see this. I think you've gained a deeper appreciation for the office of the ministry in general, what a pastor is and does, and how he gets to be where he is. It's a it's a it's a commitment that I didn't. It, it's a bigger commitment than I ever realized it was, for the amount of schooling and. Uh, sacrifices that that these guys make. I mean, es- especially the second career guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you've we've had several that have come through that you think of what they've been. They were a. We had one that was, a couple that were engineers. We had a pharmaceutical rep. I uh, and, and you know they've they've got good good paying careers, mm-hmm. and. They sacrifice that, and, and their families, you know, and their families, yeah. And that's that's a. It's more. It's not about money. It's about being happy and doing what they feel is the right thing to do. And, and the amount of sacrifice that you guys make is phenomenal. So that's 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 the big that's the biggest yeah, thing I've learned of that. this whole program. Right, right, and you see how much work it takes. That that you would assume. Well, if if they're kind of inclined that way, right. That uh, that. Uh, you know, after a couple of years, you should be almost ready. But then you, they come here, and then you see how much they grow yeah. throughout the year. You know, there's a little bit of patience sometimes when a vicar first comes. Yeah. But they're a different person when they leave. Yeah. And right for the good, and, it, and it's just yes. yeah, and it's it's, it's uh, been Scott, very it's our job, impressive. 
I feel like I'm part of that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being in charge of making sure he gets where he's going. Mm-hmm. And and offering constructive information. Right. Yeah. Not, it's, not it's in a helpful. critical way. <laughs> oh, this is radio. Shorten yeah, it up. Yeah. Ta- this is can. an audio, uh, uh, audio medium, so yeah, he was just making a hand motion. <laughs> no, not that hand it motion. Get that. your mind out of the way. No, no. Cut that, Pete. <laughs> And the other thing I've noticed is our congregation, and that's and, and it's a heck of a commitment for the congregation. It gets ex- financially, yeah. And I, we've had some. We want to do everything we can to keep this program going, but it is a big financial commitment, and it just seems so far, every time that it gets even brought up a little bit, that I don't know, are we going to have the money to continue this program? People step up and. And it can come through. So obviously it's important to our church, and that's that's a really neat thing. And I hope that, well, I hope well, that continues. Well, what was your first impression when we, we started to do this? Do you remember? Because there were some people who were kind of nervous about it at first. Like way back when? Way back when, yeah. <laughs> do you really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> to take a we're nice here to tell the sip, truth. Sip and tell, tell me the truth. <laughs> I want to know. Is our pastor going to take a pay cut? Because he's got an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you asked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, because right, it, it was a, something where you thought, well, perhaps he's just, uh, now that you, you've seen that, though, you, you realize how much time does it actually save me? A lot. Not a lot. You know, because it adds some things, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and and, and I, it's given some flexibility to help other congregants. You're doing some things for other congregations that you wouldn't have had time to do sure. without an, a, without a vicar being sure. there. And that's a big deal. Right. And it, I think it's neat that <clears throat> shut-ins and things get to be seen more when you can send the vicar out there as well. And, and uh, our shut-ins are wonderful. They just seem to adopt the vicars. They all talk highly of them and have pictures on their fridges of all the other vicars and Right. And it's it's a really a neat thing. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think it's a good program. So uh I guess one thing I guess we could I was thinking about maybe it might be interesting is is uh without being triggered or anything, you wanna talk about the pandemic a little bit? No. Mm-mm. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. <laughs> oh, they're bringing masks back again. For, you know, right. For the election. But <laughs> there we went. Whatever we went you need to cut. So that took uh, that took an hour yeah, to go political. It took me nice. a while, yeah. Nice. <laughs> but hey, I want to get back to this vicar thing. I'd okay. rather we had seventeen pastors out of this church than maybe some other church. I like that. I was going to say earlier um, too, and if you do the math, even if you know counting me <clears throat> next year, if there's eighteen or more vicars doing word and sacrament every Sunday. You could have over two thousand people receiving word and sacrament from pastors that were trained in this church every Sunday, which is just going to grow every year. Yep, I like that. Right. Or how about this? Every year, like eighteen—that's eighteen years worth of someone being through Hampton. Yep. So, like, if you add all the pastors, vicars who are pastors now, it's probably one hundred and sixty years worth of pastoral ministry of someone coming through here. You know, right. we used to do at work for a proposal, uh, like an engineering proposal, I'd add up all the age, you know, years of experience of the people on our team. Cause I had some guys that worked for the firm 21 years and things like that. And I'd say, we're bringing you, you know, 110 years combined experience. And that's yeah. kind of what Trinity is doing with yeah. all these pastors. If you add up their years of experience, that's the years of experience of ministry you're giving to the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, to God. And right, from, right. from yeah. level, and maybe you've seen this too, it, it's good for, it keeps me fresh. Right. right. It, the, yeah, it keeps you out of a rut, and you're you're always on your toes because you it, it forces you to be better. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm teaching things, and, and, you know, sometimes I see in a vicar that I'll have some blind spots that that I don't see, you know? Right. and And you can't just, you can't really, if you, every year you have someone who's kind of looking over your shoulder... And they're learning how to do it. It it really does keep you on your toes to to do things. Right. Not that I wouldn't, but 
there's an added responsibility there. Well, it, I would say too for the vicar, it it's great that you guys do this because it it's helping teach what team ministry would look like. You know, all vicars get that experience for the most part. But you're also sharing your pastor who has to take more time to stop and train and share more information than he would just going about his day and getting in a very efficient rhythm. Well, he signed up for that. Yeah. So, so it, it's just... What's the attitude in the... And I think I know the answer to this, but what's the attitude in the seminary when it's when call night comes and... You know that Trinity Trinity's on the one. Trinity's on the list. I mean, what's is is it? Do we so have a, a reputation? Here's, where... here's what it looks like. <laughs> okay, as I'm shaking the president of the seminary's hand, he says, "You're going to a very excellent vicarage location. You're going to be so happy. They're going to take such good care of you. I know the pastor very well, and for many years, and that's what he's saying. And then you also know maybe the last. Two vicars, even right. I knew because they're back. I knew you're... the last two. I, I knew the last three by by face, but I knew the last two well, and they talked too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm talking a little to the next one, and so did your prior vicar, because um, they were at the seminary at the same time. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> was a second year; the other was a fourth year. You know, was one thing that's kind of fascinating to me is uh, there's like a secret letter that they pass from year to year <laughs> that I have no idea what it says. It's killing me, like man. Like the Book of Secrets or something? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just passed on the super secret vicar hymn summary. It has four years of history of which hymns Trinity has sung. And and the purpose is... And how many is, times they've done matins? Uh, no, no the, okay. the services aren't on there. <laughs> but, J- Jason's the only one keeping track of that. You know, when a vicar is picking hymns... He can see if we've ever sang this one before. Right. And if we haven't, maybe you keep looking, you know? (laughs) It takes a a little, or you look it up and listen to the YouTube video and say, well, they should know this one. It's a very common one. It's easy to sing, you know, or it's the same melody as this other hymn they already know. But there's some process, some thought process behind that. And I just passed that on the other day. So cool. Your vicar has it. (laughs) <laughs> so what is in your vicar don't do that we'll list get it. that you pass on <laughs> who's you uh vicar vicar oh. what's in your vicar all... don't do that list that you pass on to the next one okay i will add this do not just cold call visit somebody um they may answer the door you know <laughs> in their pajamas or something or their house isn't ready and they are not happy to see you <laughs> Let the secretary make the appointment. There you go. <laughs> no surprises. Yeah. Communication, transparency. Well, I think one of the things that, that there's always been a running joke is when I hear like a ridiculous situation where someone does something outlandish, where I'll say, Vicar, don't do that. Yeah, I hear a lot of Vicar, don't do that from, you know, we when we're talking about just other things, but. Because I you always, could write a book on Vicar Don't I Do say, That. Yeah, that's what I've been told. I should I should write a book, Vicar Don't Do That, and a sequel, <laughs> Pastor Don't Do That, for your circuit visitor experience. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but I always uh, like, well, you know, if if one of these vicars does something really stupid, I want to in my own heart think, okay, I knew I told him not to do that. <laughs> yeah, but did you do that when you were in his shoes? <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Well, I looked like I was 12. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> when I was a vicar. <laughs> so, well, I think that's a problem. Is that enough for an episode, Peter? I, I think you've been going for almost an hour. I would say close to it. Okay. So you can, if you've got anything else you want to talk about, we could definitely use it. But otherwise, we can cut it short. That's fine. Cut it short? Oh, we wouldn't want to do that. Well, you want to come back next week? <laughs> <laughs> If my fans we want, we got me. new co-hosts. Yeah. Well, the beer's gone, and we yeah. seated yeah, twelve minutes say, for we're, Jason we're over right. there. So we're out of beer. Yeah, we and... should maybe end this while we're still speaking to each other. <laughs> yeah, I think Art really wanted to come, but yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> Shout out to him. Well, well, thank you. I knew you guys were very hesitant. Hopefully, I didn't make it too. No, difficult. this was fun. I, no, I, I do. Yeah, I was definitely hesitant, but I. I would do it again. This was good.
Thought you're just going to roast us. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. And the no, nice no, thing I, is, if you want to do an, another elder program, we have three other guys that are. There you go. Yeah, I guess. What do you say? One last question. Um, <laughs> we have three other guys that could, oh, yeah, that could next step time. in. Do a sequel, so yeah. We don't have to do every week. No, we could right. rotate. You know? I guess you know, one more. Well, one last us. question is, uh, what's the meaning of the third commandment? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> go fish. Let's see. They took that movie off. I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Let my people go. <laughs> No, I was just joking about putting you on the spot because that's what you're afraid of. That's that's yeah, you that, did. That too. was my concern. I thought, he, oh, he's got right. a brand new green vicar coming on to put yeah. on the spot in a few weeks. Got any new jokes for him? What about that speed one with what goes? Is it a couple oh, hundred miles an green hour? Green and red. Oh, goes oh yeah, that's, mile an hour. kids don't like that. No, it's a frog in a blender. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys want to hear my favorite joke right now? That's maybe the, sure. the worst joke I've ever heard. All right. What do you get when you cross an angry sheep? And an angry cow. You get two animals that are in a bad mood. <laughs> that's probably a good. By that's way, probably a good spot to end. I, yeah. I only do that one over the internet because I think I get punched yeah. if I did it in person. Hey, Mike, did you hear about the the blind man who fell into the well? No, he couldn't see that well. <laughs> Mike's always a sucker for my puns. He knows I love stupid jokes. (laughs) And you're the only one that hasn't had anything to drink. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's an ep. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me. Thank you for asking. It It was was fun. I appreciate it. This was great. And and don't tell anyone you know, right? No. Uh, You go home, the wife's going to say, Where have you been? That's exactly right. I got to start there. (laughs) The bar. (laughs) Actually, it was at someone's house. It was getting late. It was a visit. And I said, uh, um, you know, if I'm here any longer, my wife's going to sniff my shirt when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Oh, shit. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. Elder Mike. Elder Jason. And uh, may your bottles be empty and your elders full. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.